So let's take a look at page 774 in the parasha where the Torah tells us about the consecration of the Levium. The consecration of the Levium now because as we know the Jews are on their march to Eretz Yisrael. This is before the Meraglim and it's imminent in their minds and in their hearts that they're going to be going to Eretz Yisrael and you need uh, the Levium to be functioning in the Mishkan and the Mishkan will function in the desert and will also function um, in the also function in Eretz Yisrael of course and the Levium are the ones that will work in the Mishkan so Hashem tells Moshe in chapter 8 verse 5 6 Kaches HaLevium take the Levium mitoch b'nei Yisrael v'tiharta osam and before they can work they need to be they need to be consecrated they need to be purified and this is what you need to do and this is what you should do to purify them. So, of course, whenever we talk about any type of ritual or ceremony of getting people ready to a new position in Jewish life, there will always be what will always be a part of the process? Mikvah. Good. What else? Not, that's actually not always the case, but it's almost always the case, I believe. But what else somebody said? Somebody said something? Water. Okay, water, mitzvah, good. What else? Please feel free to respond. Carbonos. Sacrifices. Sacrifices. So if you take a look, we're not disappointed here. The Torah tells us in verse 8 that the Levium, and there were many Levium, there were 22,000 plus Levium, 22,300 to be exact, uh, they will take par ben bakar uminchato solet bulav Hashem, and they'll take one bull with its flower offering mixed with oil, and the second bull, and that will be for a sin offering. The krafta es alevim lefnei oamoed, and the levim will be brought before the oamoed, be brought before the mishkan. The kalta is called that's bnei Yisrael. And you will gather all of the B'nai Yisrael, the Krafta Es HaLevim of Hashem, and the Levim will be placed, will be presented at that moment, B'nai Hashem, the Samchu B'nai Yisrael Sidem HaLevim, the Levim will, and the B'nai Yisrael will take their hands and put it on the Levim, and Aaron, the Hainif Aaron Es HaLevim, and Aaron will take the Levim, and he will wave them. He will wave them. And Rashi, uh, I believe here, quotes the amazing comment of the Medrash that Arna Kohen himself literally waved all the Levium, not at one time, uh, waved Levium. If you look, at, take a look here, um, the Medrash Rabbah says that how much strength must it have taken for, must it take for Moshe and Aaron to lift um, 22,000 Levium in a single day? That's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And they're not all 5'5", five, five, you know, and 130. You know, so they Moshe and, and Aaron would lift the Levium. And the Levium will take their hands and put it on the bulls. And one will be a sin offering, and one will be a, an Ola offering. 
And then the Torah says, um, You'll stand them before Aaron, they'll be waved. And then we have here verse 14. And the Levim will thus be separated from a Yisrael, and they will be for me. What will they be for? They will, the Torah says, The Levim will come and they'll work in the Mishkan. And what is the basic work of the Levim? So we have three basic functions of the Levim. The Levim were from the Mishorim, the singers. The Levim were from the Mishorim, the ones who would lock up and would be involved in the sort of, what's that? It involved in the sort of the watching, the watching of the Mishkan. They would, and they would move, and they would also be involved in the carrying, the transport of the Mishkan. So Levim played a major role. They would probably be involved in the cleaning. I'm just not familiar with that. Verse 19, and there we have a dramatic pasuk, probably the most famous pasuk in terms of this whole section. Va'etna et Levim. God says, and I will. Um, I will give the Levim they will be given over to Aaron and his children from amidst B'nai Yisrael like B'nai Yisrael gives them to Aaron to do the work of the B'nai Yisrael and to atone for B'nai Yisrael and there'll be no plague amidst B'nai Yisrael. Begeshes B'nai Yisrael el HaKodesh. When B'nai Yisrael, when they will approach the Kodesh. In other words, what happened here? We have a transfer. We have an exchange. The exchange is going to be from whom to who? The exchange is from... Firstborn. The firstborns, excellent, are now being transmitted or transferred. The Bechorim, no longer, the firstborns are no longer going to be the ones to work, but rather it's going to be what? It's going to be the Levim. And we find the Torah tells us five times in this parasha, in this pasuk, five times. B'nai Yisrael, B'nai Yisrael, B'nai Yisrael, all five times. Rashi quotes one opinion five times to teach you um, that it's that Hashem loves B'nai Yisrael. God loves the Jewish people, and even though He's exchanging B'nai Yisrael, as it were, because it was supposed to be, as Barry said, the Bechorim, the firstborns, would be the one that would work in the Mishkan, and now an exchange is being made, as we know, connected to what famous event that caused the exchange, the event known as the Egel Hazav, the golden calf. So therefore what? So therefore, Rashi says in Pasuk Yud Zayin, Kili Kol Bechor, because really I had in mind the Bechorim, but Shali Hayuha Bechoros Bekavadin, Shehiganti Aleim Bein Bechorim Mitzrayim, Velakach Dem Osam Li, because I protected them and they were meant to be the ones to serve in the Mishkan. Until they made the mistake of the ego, and therefore what? And therefore I made an exchange. So the process, the ceremony of the 
of the Levium being dedicated is marked by bringing of Karbonos. It's marked by an exchange of, by a, an exchange between the Bechorim and Levium. It's marked by a waving ceremony which we will not discuss. It's discussed, it is marked by Kibos Begadim, the washing of the clothing, going into the mikvah, all of these in Yanim. But also it is marked, and I skipped one Pasuk, by verse 7. Verse 7. The Torah says, This is back on page 774. This is what you should do to purify them. You should sprinkle upon them the waters of purification, referring to the waters of the para aduma. Ta'ar al kol bisaram. The ha'eviru ta'ar al kol bisaram, which is translated in the English, and let a razor pass over their entire flesh, which means what? Cut, right? Cut off all the hair from their body. Right? Ha'eviru ta'ar al kol bisaram, v'chibsu b'gdehem v'hi teharu. And Rashi already raises the question, what's with the cutting of the hair? Rashi tells us a very interesting thing. Rashi on page 774, Pasuk Zayin. I found in the words of Rabbi Moshe. The fishenitnu kapara al habichoros sha'avdu avodazara. Because after all, what was the sin? What was the sin of the firstborn? The sin was the golden calf. And the golden calf, on some level, is connected to what sin, Alan? Idolatry, excellent. And that's considered to be like engaging in the sacrifice of the dead. Please don't ask me exactly what's going on with that. No, no, but it's a death. But Abarazara is ultimately connected to death. And the one who is the mitzora, that one who has those that lesions, that physical, those bodily lesions, the mitzora is called he's called dead. Therefore, his kikam tiglachas kimitzoraim. Therefore, the Torah equated the halacha just like by the mitzora we find the mitzora needs to shave his to shave his head, his hair and the head, and indeed, according to the Mishnah in Negaim, also his body, so too the Levium. There is an equation going on between the shaving of the hair of the Mitzora and the shaving of the hair of the Levium. Before I get into that for a moment, I just want to share with you one more uh, interesting Rashi. <coughs> Remember, we talked about the idea of waving, waving. So what does it say in verse 11? It says that Aaron will wave the Levim. He'll wave the Levim. So Rashi says, just like Rashi and Pasi Gidal says, <coughs> Just like the Asham of the Mitzorah, the offering that the Mitzorah brings, also needs to be waved. So we have an interesting comparison between the mitzora, the one who has this type of impurity, right, who is then sent out of the camp. The mitzora is compared to the levi, 
and both of them have waving in terms of the offering, waving the carbon of the Mitzorah, waving the Levi, who is the carbon himself, and both of them have shaving. Now, just that one technical point, which I don't want to belabor, maybe at the end of the year, if I have time, I'll get into it. But it seems to me that there's a bit of a question as to, by the Mitzorah, exactly what, what was shaved. Definitely the hair, definitely the eyebrows, and anything that is revealed revealed hair, but there seems to be a bit of a question. I told you that the Mishnah in Nigaim tells us that the Mitzorah was shaved the whole body. However, the Ramban, the Ramban quotes um, a different opinion, the Ramban in Vayikra, that says no, it wasn't the whole body. The Ramban seems to say that it only was the open revealed parts of the body. Why, that's, why that might be important, uh, even though it's a technical detail, God willing, I hope, to, I hope we can get to at the end of this year. So we have two places that there's a concept of hair in halacha, and the concept of hair is that you shave it completely. One is a one-time event of the consecration of Levian, and the other one is when the mitzorah, yes, when the mitzorah, Let's go back for a moment. Please turn in your Chumash to Parshas Mitzorah. Parshas Mitzorah. We're looking now for a moment at chapter... Chapter 14, Perak Yudalid, Pasuk Ches. Chapter 14, verse 8. In the book of Ayikra, page 620, the Torah says, there's a whole complicated ceremony that we've discussed in the past. Two birds, the purity ceremony for the Mitzorah. So what does the Torah say? The one who wants to become pure. The one who's been sent out of the camp. The one who now wants to re-enter. He wants to rejoin Klai Yisrael. Verse 8, at Bigadav. He will, he will purify his clothing. <coughs> and he will shave all of his hair. Go to the mikvah. And then what? And then he will stay out. He will go into, he will um, be out. He will, in the first stages, he will shave all of his hair, go to the mikvah, but he still is prohibited to be with his wife. And then verse 9, And again on the seventh day, Yigalach et kol se'aro, et roshov, et zikanov, et gabotenav. He'll shave his head and his, and his beard, and he'll shave his eyebrows, all of his hair, Yigalach. And Rashi says, that means even the hidden parts of his body, so complete shaving of the hair. And it's interesting to point out, if you take a quick look in, the, uh, in this section, there is a, um, a comment that is made by, by the Baal HaTurim. The Baal HaTurim says, That in the Torah, on page 614, page 614, 
where the Torah in the previous parasha in Perek Yud Gimel Pasuk Lamed Gimel when the Torah talks about shaving without going into the context there the Torah is talking about um, there the Torah is talking about the shaving of the Mitzorah as well but over there the Torah is talking about when he is Tomei He's tummy. The Torah says Vehit Galach and the letter Gimel is in big print. You see the letter Gimel in big print? So the Bala Turim says, What's with the big Gimel on page six fourteen? Chapter thirteen, verse thirty three. The Bala Turim says the big Gimel because there are three places in the Torah where we have a requirement to shave one's hair. One by the Levium which we learned the whole body the other one by the Mitzorah which according to Rashi and according to the simple Pshad the Mishnah is the whole body and according to maybe others it's only the head and the face and where's the third place on both sides no where's the third place that the Torah says shave the whole shave that shaving is part of the process for this individual what's that very good you're talking about the the soldier who goes to war the by the Fat Torah by the uh, the woman the maiden right mm-hmm. by who goes to war but Gilcha et Rosha that's what you're talking about with her she yeah. shaves her head that's not her whole body that's just the hair on her head but that's very good that's very good it's not what I had in mind therefore it's wrong um, so, the, so 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 <laughs> I'm talking about a halachic principle of an individual sort of like who takes upon himself particular status Kohen what? Kohen Gadol doesn't have to shave his hair no he has to just take a haircut every day the Nazir the Nazir the Nazir me? the Nazir I'm going to explain who the Nazir is please look with me let's go back to last week's parasha three halachic constructs of complete shaving and by the way if you look at the uh, Rambam and these in the onion like there are halachas you know that, that it says in the halacha that if you that if the mitzora shaves his hair and there are two hairs remaining, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Has to be that he shaves off all of his hair, and if there's one hair remaining, okay, that's all right. <laughs> like there are halachas of exactly, and he's got to as we'll see, he's got to shave with a razor. Can't just be a scissor with a razor. And let's well, one second. That's the Torah says by the Levi. Ve'aviru tara kol b'saro. He will, right, Levi, it says a razor. A scissor isn't good enough. Even though it looks the same to me, right? Although we know in halacha, right, how many people here use electric shavers? You don't have to raise your hand. But if you use an electric shaver, that's what most opinions, when many opinions say you're allowed to use electric shaver, what's the difference between an electric shaver and a razor? It doesn't look that different. The difference is whether according to Moshe Feinstein, the difference is whether it's scissor action or razor action. And the difference between razor action and scissor action in halacha is called cutting versus destroying. The term that's used for, ta- for ta'ar is hashkata, destruction. Destruction. Let's take a look at the nazir. The nazir is found in Parshas Naso, last week's parsha. Please take a look with me on page 750, 758. Actually, page 760. And now I just, I don't want to, again, there are a few details. 
I'll just tell it to you this way. There is a time that we mandate the Nazir to shave his head if he blew his Nazirut and he has to restart it again and he was Tameh. That's called Tiglachas Tum'ah. I don't want to get into that. We make him, sh- we make him shave. But there's another time, even a regular Nazir, take a look at page 760, chapter 6, verse 13, 613, Vizos Toras Hanazir Biyom Melos Nizro. This is the Torah of the Nazir on the day that he completes his oath of, the na- of, of Nazirut. We bring him to the we bring him to the front, to the okay. to the front of the Mishkan, just like by the Levi. We bring him to the front. The Hikaris Karbano. He brings the sacrifices, which we're not going to go into now. And then it says in verse eighteen, the Gilach Nazir Pesach Oamoid, and the Nazir he shaves Pesach Oamoid at the entrance. And the Rambam Paskins, the Rambam Paskins, that if it's not done at the entrance, that if it's not done at the entrance, the Rambam says. Um, it needs to be done at the entrance of the o- of the Oamoid. And if not, the Rambam says it, it doesn't work. Uh, let me just make sure they got that correct. Where does he shave? Be'ezrat ha'nashim b'lishkat ha'nezirim, a special chamber of the Nezirim, which was in, this, which was in the southeastern part of the Beis HaMikdosh. And um, the halacha says... Uh, he had to be Megalech in the Migdash. He does not shave his hair until the opening of the Azara, until the courtyard, the doors are open. Um, has to be open. The Ram does say, if he did it outside the base of Migdash, he is Yotze. So I was wrong with that. But the Iker Halach is he should shave his head in the presence of the Mikdash, or in the presence of the Mishkan. And here we have a new detail. By the Nazir, the Halach is he doesn't have to shave his he doesn't have to shave his eyebrows. He doesn't have to shave his whole head. His whole hair. He has to shave the has to shave the the, the hair of the head. And we find a lot of interesting ideas of the Nazir and the hair of the head. In fact, in fact, when the Torah speaks about the word Nazir, the word Nazir, according to many, is related to the hair on the head. Where did I get that from? You'll take a look. It says over here, verse 18, The head of his, the hair of his Nazarite head. And the word Nazir and head, according to many, is connected to what other word that is very much connected to the word Nazir? And that is crown. The word crown is Nazir. The Torah tells us that during his time that he is a Nazir, you see it's explicit in the Torah itself, the Torah tells us that during the days of his being a Nazir, he is wearing the crown on his head. Where do I get that from? Where does it say that in the text? Page 758, verse... Chapter 6, verse 7. Torah says he cannot become tame to his father, his mother, etc. In the end of the passage, it says, Kinezer Elokaval Rosho, the crown of his God is upon his head. So listen to this interesting halacha. Fascinating, almost paradoxical concept. We're into paradoxes recently. The Nazir is not allowed to shave his head. 
while he is a Nazir, he is not allowed to shave. Not only that, the Nazir is not allowed to use a comb. He's not allowed to brush his hair. The Gemara says, a Nazir who brushes his hair, it's a psik ratio, it's definitely going to remove some hair. That's an Isidor For It's a Torah prohibition for the Nazir to, 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 to comb his hair. Why? Because he's going to remove a hair from his head. He can't remove. I think the shear is two. Can't remove hairs from his head. So while he's a Nazir, he has to let it grow wild. Which is interesting, because that's, he follows the Sota, and the Sota is the woman accused of marital infidelity, and her hair is also made wild. Upara et Rosha Isha. Same word the Torah uses. Gadel pera Rosha, the same etymology. Peresh ayin. Which we're not going to probe that idea. But the Nazir, while he's a Nazir, his hair grows wild. But then all of a sudden when he wants to no longer be a Nazir, the Torah says he's got to shave it all. He's got to shave it. He's got to shave the hair. What does he do with the hair? Now this is interesting and unique. Look please. What's that? It's a Koban. Oh, very good. Look excellent. Look please at verse 18. The Torah says, He takes the hair. What does he do? And he puts it in the fire, which is underneath the carbon shlamin, part of the carbonos that he brings. It's part of the carbon, part of the sacrifice, part of the sacrifice of the Nazir is he takes the hair it's mamish part of the sac- of, he puts it in the fire we don't find that by the Mitzorah and we don't find that even by the Levium but we find that the Nazir is the one that takes his hair puts it in the fire part of the sacrifice he's got to do that so on the one hand we have many halachas that bind the Nazir the Mitzorah and Levi all this idea, and by the way, Levi is a one-time thing. It doesn't happen anymore after that. It's a one-time thing. Nazir and Mitzorah continues. If one wants to be a Nazir, that's the halacha, the way to get out of it. We don't have it today. You can't get out of it today. You can become a Nazir today. A Nazir? And the, What's the function of the Nazir? Oh, that's it. That's it. We're going to get to that. Bez Hashem. We'll get to, that, get to that. I have about an hour worth of material, but I have only 35 minutes left. So i gotta, I got to move quick. The Nazir is a big Indian. A big idea. So we have these three. So the question that I'd like to try to learn with you is what connects all of these ideas? The Levi, where they shave the whole body explicitly. The Nazir, that's only the head. The Mitzorah, that according to the opinion of Rashi and the simple Pshad in the Mishnah, where he shaves the whole head and the whole body. And according to Rabbi Akiva and the Ramban quoting the Torah's Kohanim, the Mitzorah doesn't shave the whole body, but he shaves the head and the face. What's that whole... What's the, what's the connection between these three? What binds them? Why Dafka the razor? Why Dafka the razor? What's the difference between the razor and the scissor? Why does the Nazar have the paradox of not being able to cut his hair while he's a Nazar and then must cut his hair? What is going on here? We find the mourner does not is not allowed to shave. How is what's the Indian of hair? Right? What's the idea of hair? So I want to read to you um, something interesting. 
if you Google online, you can find a lot of interesting things about hair. Uh, some guy gave me that. one of the things that uh, us men who are in above 20, no, above 30, even above 40, know that hair is sometimes an endangered species. Mm-hmm. So some guy gave me a, a gave me a, a, a cream, a keratin cream. He said, Rabbi, maybe you know, maybe you want to use this. I didn't ask him for it. I haven't opened it up yet. I don't plan on using it. But apparently, um, hair, which is made up mostly of keratin, uh, um, hair has an amazing has amazing capacity. Number one, hair contains information about everything that has ever been in your bloodstream, including drugs. One of the most commonly used type types of forensic evidence. The only thing that you can't get can't be identified by your hair is what? Right, the gender. Your what? Gender. Man, men's hair and women's hair are identical in structure. Okay? Another interesting thing. We'll see. Well, these aren't just random facts that I'm throwing you away. All hair is dead. All hair is dead, with the exception of the hair that's still inside, still inside the epidermis of your scalp. All hair is dead. Okay? As soon as a hair is plucked from its follicle, a new one begins to grow. This is something completely random, nothing to do with this, but I think you'll interest in this. The average number of hair strands varies by natural color, with blondes having the most and redheads having the fewest. Who cares? Okay. Hair is the fastest growing tissue in the body, aside from bone marrow. At any given time, 90% of the hairs in your scalp are growing, while the other 10% are resting. 80% of Americans wash their hair twice a day. I am not from those 80%. Um, each strand of hair can support up to 100 grams in weight. Multiply that by the average 100 to 150,000 strands on each head, and your entire head of hair could support the weight equivalent to two elephants. So, in case you're interested, we could do, use you as the experiment. <laughs> So let me share with you an amazing comment of the Sefer Chinuch, combined with Rav Hirsch, which will give you a beautiful insight into the into the Indian of cutting of the hair by these three. Says the Sefer Chinuch, the classic Sefer that talks about the reasons for mitzvos, and he makes the following fascinating comment. Devachinuch in Parshas Mitzora, Mitzvah 174. Mitzvah 174. Talking about why the Mitzora cuts his hair. And Dafka, we said he cuts his hair twice, but the second time he cuts all of his hair. The first time it partial, second time Kotsaro. Alan, you with me? Yeah. You excited? <laughs> Alan's you with me? Mishorshia Mitzvah. The root of this mitzvah says, the Sefer Achinah, Kidesh Yireh HaAdam, Kiilu Hayom Nivra. Because a person should look when they finish their process of being a mitzorah. The mitzorah we know, Rashi already told us 
the Levi is like the Mitzorah because the Levi comes on the heels of idolatry, the exchange for the Bechorim, and idolatry is like death, and the Mitzorah is like he's dead. The Mitzorah is sent out of the camp. The Mitzorah is the one that engages in evil speech. The Mitzorah is the one that is a social pariah. The Mitzorah is the one that's Badad, who's alone, away out of the Machana. One of four people that the rabbis consider to be like dead is a Mitzorah. The Mitzorah is the person that has taken himself out of life. He's a living dead man. As David HaMelech says, but here in the opposite vein, Lo almost kiechia, I will not die when I am alive. The Mitzorah is almost kiechia, I will be dead even as I am alive. And so the Mitzorah, when he comes, and he's not allowed to be with his wife because he's, he's not alive. And that's why the Torah says, only after he regains entry into Kla Yisrael, he can be married again. It's, it's very, very interesting. Very interesting concept that I saw in Halacha. Very interesting. I saw in Halacha that there's an idea that the Torah writes, the Torah writes, based on this Rashi, that we said that the one who worships idolatry, it's like he's dead because he's distant from God. And if you're distant from God, the source of all life, you're like you're dead. So it's, the, it's brought down in the beginning of the, in Yoridea. Yoridea is one of the four areas of Shulchan Aruch which talks about Jewish ritual law. So it says that a ger, a convert, after he um, is circumcised, the halacha says, we cut his hair. Brought down. Minog almost la halacha. He gets a haircut after he converts. And the Bach says, why? Because until he was a convert, he was distanced from God. He was like he was dead. He was like a mace. And now he's come back alive. He's, he has that connection to God. And therefore the Trumas Hadeshen, one of the classic Svarim, Shailas and Chubis writes, Responsa writes, that somebody who converted out of the religion, who became an apostate, and now he wants to come back. He wants to now come back to Judaism. And he wants to come back during Chol Hamoe, which is the time the intermediate festival, the Pesach and Sukkot, and normally you're not allowed to take a haircut then. You're not allowed to get a haircut then. The Chuma Sadeshin writes, when discussing whether or not you can take a haircut during the Cholamoi, he writes that somebody who does is a Baal Tshuva that went from being a convert in the wrong direction back to Yiddishkeit is allowed to take a haircut in order to go to the mikvah. And he says it's permitted because it's like the Mitzorah who's coming back. And the halacha says that the Nazar and the Mitzorah are allowed to shave on Cholamoi. And even if they had opportunity to, to shave before Cholamoi, they're still allowed to. So the Indian of the, the idea of the Mitzorah is like he's dead. So says the Sefer Achinuch, and this is one interesting idea, that the Sefer Achinuch explains that the Mitzorah is, is reliving. He's coming back to life. Ki'ilu hayom nivra. It's like he's regaining life itself. And therefore, v'hayom matchil se'arol itzmoach. Why is he? Why is he shaving his hair? Because once he finishes shaving his hair, when does the hair regrow? Right away, right? And we could add, although he doesn't say this. He says, "Ki When man is cleansed from all his hair, which we just said before, is all dead. The only thing that's alive is what? Is the stuff that you can't see. The stuff that's in the epidermis. 
Now he's cleansed from all the all the overtones of death. And he's ready to what? He's ready to re-enter Klal Yisrael. The concept of shaving is the concept of what? Of the re-entry point. The coming back into Klal Yisrael. The Jew re-emerging. He was in a very low place. The Mitzorah was in a very low place. He was like dead. He, sh- he shaves his hair completely and now he's and now he's ready to regain. He's re- ready to re-enter. That's the Mitzorah. But the Nazir is not a bad thing. Why is he a Nazir? Why is somebody a Nazir? There's a whole dispute between the Rambam and the Ramban whether it's an ideal to be a Nazir or not an ideal to be a Nazir. But let me ask you. What do you think the idea of being a Nazir is? Without getting fancy. He's working on himself, right? He's what, there's something there, right? Just go ahead. Beautiful. I don't know how long you want me to go. Beautiful, beautiful. That's good. That's good. That's beautiful. He's very, very impressed. He's working on himself. The nazir, the nazir is someone who he was caught up in ta'ava, in desire, and the nazir therefore separated himself. He's, he separates himself from what? From wine. He separates himself from desire. Gemara in Nidarim. Listen to an interesting Gemara in Nidarim. On page 9, and that test, the Gemara in the Dharm says a very fascinating thing. I'm going to maybe get back to this Gemara if we have a chance a little bit later on. The Gemara says that Rabbi Shimon said about himself, Rabbi Shimon said about himself that Miyamai lo achalti asham nazir tamei I never would eat from the carbon of a Nazir. Only once. Only one time. Shimon HaTzadik. Shimon HaTzadik is during the time of the second base Amidah. So they were Nazirim. What happened? There was a Nazir from the south. And I saw He was beautiful. Stunning. Hair is beautiful. Hair is alluring. The Al Sheikh says hair is about gaiva. Arrogance. I mean, don't we all know? Don't we remember? I mean, I remember when I was a teenager, the Rebbeim said, you can't grow your hair, so we all grow our hair. <laughs> right? The greatest act of rebellion for a yeshiva kid is the way he wears his hair. Right? There was a boy when I was a Rebbe in Yula. A very, very sweet boy. But for whatever reason, he wore his hair all the way down past his shoulders. Everybody wore clean cut. He wore his hair... And there was a, every, every like two months we had a crisis or a band meeting. Should we let him? Should we not let him? <laughs> He's a great boy, but what's going on? Yes, no. Hair, says the Alshech, is gaiva. It's arrogance. It's really not necessary. Many people, many people can live without hair. But you know, you know that, God forbid, there are times when a person is ill and they, and they lose their hair. And it's very harrowing. It's very dehumanizing. Hair is extraneous. 
in the in 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 classic machshava, it represents most rose, extraneous pursuits. Yosef at Sadik is taken to task for being misalsel bisaaro for for swirling his hair. The Nazir lets his hair grow wild. Says the Gemara in Nidarim, Rabbi Shimon Atzadik saw this beautiful-looking Nazir who was who was unbelievably alluring, but he let his hair grow wild. And Shimon Atzadik said, "Ma'ra'ita lahashchit et se'archa zehanoe." Why did you destroy your hair? Here, destruction meant you let it grow wild. Amrli roe ahiti la'aba bi'iri. He said, "I was a shepherd." I went to fill up water from the well and I saw the reflection that was the mirror and I saw a beautiful person me and I began to be intoxicated by that beauty you know who else was drop dead beautiful a man by the name of Yosef Atzadik and Chazal say that from the time that Yosef Atzadik was separated from his brothers. He never drank any wine, and he is called in Sefer Bereshis in Parshas Vayechi Ulekad Kod Nizir Echav. Shabbos, the Gemara Shabbos tells us that Yosef Atzadik, from the moment he separated, he and, and and the idea is he introspected and he realized that there was something about him that also was off, and therefore he realized he had to do tshuva. The same Yosef who was Misalsel Besaro, then he ignored his hair. Seyar has an arrogance, an element of, of, of engaging in an extraneous focus of the world, allure of beauty. The Nazir grows his hair long. There are two ideas behind this. One idea, as we will see in a moment, the Nazir separates himself. We'll get to that in a moment. But the Nazar also takes on the challenge, the focus, the challenge of the Yetzirah. And therefore Shimon HaTzadik tells us that this man, this man who we saw was so beautiful, I said, the Nazir said, I said to myself, you wicked, meaning the Yetzirah, why are you getting so caught up in your beauty? Somebody who ought to, in the end, will be worms and maggots. I will shave you for the sake of Shamayim, because that is the Indian of the Nazir is, first he grows it wild, and then he shaves it off. And part of the idea of shaving it off is getting rid of it. Getting rid of that Yetzirah, being able to handle, being able to handle the, the, the challenge of beauty, and therefore says I immediately kissed him on his head the head is the crown because he's in control of his desire and so the Mitzorah shaves the Mitzorah is somebody who got caught up in the wrong place also Lashon Hara, arrogance the Gemara says it comes from Gasus Aruach it comes from arrogance just like the Nazir is dealing with arrogance he shaves the hair he shaves the hair and the Levi is the Levi is the one that's likened to the Mitzorah. We'll get to the Levi in a moment. And he shaves his hair also. 
So one idea of the shaving of the hair, we said is the Sefer Achinuch, which we'll go back to in a moment, based on reverse, which is new life. New life. And the second idea of the shaving of the hair is what? Tackling the challenge of desire, of gaiva, of kaiva, of desire, and arrogance. And that's also a part of the, what the Nazir deals with. And it's interesting to point out that what does the Nazir do with the hair? No, what does the Nazir do with the hair? He makes it as part of his sacrifice. Because if you take the Yetzirah and you conquer it, it can be become part of your avodas Hashem, part of your service as well. But Rav Hirsch takes it to another level. And Rav Hirsch says something very, very beautiful, very fantastic. Rav Hirsch says, Haseyar, the hair, also comes to protect the body. Ba'alahagainalaguf, comes to protect, I, I don't know all the details, some of you probably know better, the redhead has to be very careful, he has fair skin and the hair isn't as protective. Right? The hair protects the body. The hair comes to distance himself on a, on a spiritual level. There's an Indian of a beard. Right? By the Zohar, by the Zohar there's an idea of, of not shaving your hair at all, not shaving your, the beard, because the hair represents a chachma, the hair represents a hashpa, the hair represents a certain idea of the flow, the flow of spirituality and it protects one from the external world and that's why there's a very thick book that's probably about 800 pages long about the virtues of making sure that you don't shave and that's why the Hasidim are very into the beard Hadras Panim Zokin the name of the book is Hadras Panim Zokin the beauty of the face is the beard and that's why the difference between a Litvish and a Hasidish Shabachar is whether he's clean shaven under the chuppah by the Hasidim, it's a mark of shame to be clean-shaven. The Satmar Rav once was very close with a particular Litvish Yid, and he once who was clean-shaven, and he let him sit by he let him sit by um, by the table, the front, the head of the tish. And somebody once said to him, "But Rebbe, he doesn't have a beard. How could you do that?" So the Satmar Rav, and I don't, my Yiddish is very bad, but the Satmar Rav said, "Yeah, it's true. In Shemayim, they're going to say." Yid, Yid, is dein Bart. Where is your beard? Where is your beard? But he said, but by turn to many of you, and I tell you that in Shemayim they're going to say, Bart, Bart, is dein Yid. Beard, beard, where is your Jew? Where is your Jew? So, so, the Indian is, says Rav Hirsch, listen carefully, it's so profound. Look how he takes this idea, how he connects the Nazir, the Mitzorah, and the lady. Look how beautiful it is. He says, And to distance himself from the external world. The material, which makes the body separate. When a person removes the hair, the nausea is not allowed to take one hair off the head. When he removes the hair, he's exposing himself. 
He's exposing himself. In other words, the Nazir for 30 days, the minimum amount of time we say the standard Nazirus is 30 days because that's a significant growth of the hair. The Nazir is being told to focus on himself and separate himself from the world, deal with your own problems, deal with your own issues in the context of that period, he doesn't shave his hair. Because the hair also has a connotation not only of dealing with the gaiva, but it's also a separation from the world. The Nazim is separated. Separated from the dead, separated from wine, he's separated. I remember many years ago, when we used to, used to be what we call a press conference, or Aaron Lichtenstein at Sal, when I was in Yeshiva, we used to go to Gush every once in a while, we asked Shilas, where Lichtenstein was the, we were the favorite, we used to ask him, should we be involved in NC? We're going to leave Yeshiva, we're going to go back to America, we're going to go to Yeshiva University, or now you saw where we're going to go, and then there's something called NCSY, which is a very popular youth group, and we, should we be involved in NCSY, or should we be involved in learning? So Lichtenstein told us, Rolstein never just gave a straight answer. On the one hand, on the other hand, he always, that, that's what Rolstein, that was always said. But remember, Rolstein said, said, you should know, the more you focus on yourself now, the more you become a bodade and just focus on learning now, the more valuable you'll be for Klai Yisrael later on. The Nazir separates himself, listen carefully, in order to re-engage. The Nazir separates himself. During this period of time, he doesn't cut his hair. He has to what? He separates himself, and he's no longer part of the external world, but eventually he's going to re-engage. The re-engagement is marked by what? By the cutting of the hair. Right? That was the paradox we raised. He's told he's not allowed to what? He's not allowed to shave any hair, not even, not even comb his hair. But once he becomes ice nazir, the way is that he has to shave everything. Right? And he can, it has to be what? It has to be with a razor. What's between a razor and a scissor? Because the razor destroys any semblance of hair that's on the skin and only leaves what's underneath the skin and the razor therefore represents a complete and total re-engagement with the world and isn't it interesting says reverse the same thing is true with the levy the levy until now was living a private life but what happened what did we read in the Torah when we started the shear about two or three years ago it's a bad joke when the levy Right is introduced in the parsha, with Torah tells us, and I am giving the Levian from Bnei Yisrael. They're being dedicated. They no longer have private lives. The Nazir is a private life. Therefore, when he reengages, he what? He cuts the hair. The Mitzorah was the insidious private life. The pernicious narcissistic tendency of the one who's focused on self. That's the Mitzorah, himself to the hurt of others. Therefore the Torah says, you're focused on yourself, get out of here. The Nazir doesn't have to be the Nazir doesn't have to be out of the camp, but he's living out of the camp. You hear the difference? The Mitzorah is physically out of the camp. Right? He's out of the camp, physically. But he's, but, but because he's 
he's, he's toxic. The Nazir, his goal is ultimately Kedusha, holiness, and re-engagement. But he's really separating himself. Famous Gemara in Maseches Nazir. A Nazir sounds like a joke. A Nazir and a, and a Kongod are walking down the street and they see a dead body. Who becomes Tame? Rabbi Lazar and the Chacham, the Chacham saying that the Nazir becomes Tame, and Rabbi Lazar says the Kohen Gadol becomes Tame. They see a dead body, a Mace Mitzvah, because they have to become Tame for the Mace Mitzvah. Rabbi Hirsch says an interesting thing. Rabbi Hirsch says that the, that the Nazir is re engaging. The Leviim are leaving their personal private space, and they're now becoming a totally different new personas. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, who was all of who was totally given over to Kal Yisrael. So Rav David Feinstein, his son, once I think it was Rav David or Ruben, one of the two, once said that their father was completely and totally immersed in the problems of the Jewish people. So somebody once asked him, "What did it feel like? Your father belonged to Kal Yisrael. What about you?" And and he said, "My father," he said, I think Ruben said, "My father even missed my son's bar mitzvah." In other words. Reuven's son, Ramosha's grandson, Ramosha was not able to attend the bar mitzvah because it was the same Shabbos as the Aguda convention, which was the convention where all the great Torah scholars and well over a thousand Jews would get together to hear a chizuk and Torah from the great Torah scholars. Ramosha Feinstein felt he had to go. So they asked him, how did you feel? Reuven Feinstein said, I knew my father loved me and always remembered me because there were always three things I always kept in my mind. This is why I heard the story. I think I read it also in Pesach Kron. Number one, he said, I remember I've shared this story on occasion, my father would always, whenever we had at the table great guests, they were always welcome to sit around, but he always made sure that the kids would be closest to him. And at Ramosha finds his table, they had the greatest guests. So on the one hand, complete engagement in the world. On the other hand, you have to know how to draw the line. Right? The private and the public. And he said, just to finish up that story, Rav Moshe, he said, I knew my father always, did never forgot me, because they have these things in New York, it's called the winter, you might have heard of it, snow, radiators, very, very cold. Right? So he said that my, that my father would always come, wake up very early, and then during the winter he would take my clothing, and, and he would make sure that he put them on the radiator, so it would be warm that when I wake up I'd be able to dress in warm clothing. And he said the third thing was that we always used to learn in the bungalow commons, Jews would escape from New York to go upstate, and they'd have these hay rides, which was fun for the kids. And my father and I would, we would learn together all the time, but when the hay rides came, my father said, Stop, go and have a good time. So my father belonged to Chai Yisrael, but I always knew that he that he that he was deeply connected to me. But the Levi leaves his private space and now becomes part of Kaiso. The Levi, the Mitzorah, and the Nazar, they cut their hair because the cutting of the hair is no longer are they protected. They now are engaged in the world. And, the, and, and Rav Hirsch says, I wanted to finish this point here, Rav Hirsch says that, that, that the concept of the Nazir is the private time in order... He doesn't want to separate physically, but he needs to work on himself. And therefore he creates the private space. All three of them are creating the private space. Now, yeah. I have a question about the boy who waits for three years old to have his hair cut. 
Um, it could it could be it could be that boy is sort of like he's a private person until now it's his own world and now sort of like you're he's now becoming part of Klal Yisrael he's got to learn Torah it's a very very beautiful um, idea so what do we have we have two themes of the hair hair represents gaiva taiva desire and arrogance and Yosef Atzadik is conquering himself and therefore he becomes a Nazir and the Gemara Nidarim Daftas, right? And that whole Indian, that's one idea. And also the cutting of the hair of her says is the idea of what? Is the idea of the re-engagement. And the Sefer Achinuch says that the cutting of the hair is a new life. And we can put Rav Hirsch and the Sefer Achinuch together beautifully because the new life is a life of re-engagement. It, it all, it all, I'm no longer selfish. I'm no longer self-focused. I'm now a Klal Yisrael Yid. But I want to take it one step further, Rabosai. And with this we'll end the shir. But it's a very, very important idea. And we said, by the way, the Nazir takes his hair and he makes it as part of the carbon. Why? Because the Nazir's engage, or his engagement with self was meant ultimately to become part of divine service. The Mitzorah his engagement with self was never meant to be part of divine service. It was never meant by, by design. It was an Aveira. The Levi's engagement with self was part of his private persona, and now the Levi is becoming part of Kal Yisrael, and he can never go back. The Levi is always going to belong to Kal Yisrael. And we said that the Nazir cuts the top of his head, not his whole body. Why? Why does the lady cut his whole body and the Nazar cuts on the top of his head, only the, the hair on the head? It could be that what? Because the lady is completely and totally part of Chal Yisrael. The Nazir, he's tackling his demons, his Yetzirah, which is represented by the hair on the head, the Gaiva. So once he t- tackles that, then he's what? Then he's able to move on. It could be that might be the idea. But I want to share with you something very, very deep. Mamish, very, very the deepest. I have five minutes to do the best I can. You know that there was a, there are a few famous Nazirs in Jewish history. Shimshon. Shimshon. Maybe know of another less famous Nazir. Shmuel wasn't here. Shmuel. But another famous Nazir, but less famous. His name was Avshalom. Avshalom. And, and it's interesting yeah, that Avshalom Avshalom is a Nazir and if you remember Avshalom was the one that killed his brother Amnon his half brother because Amnon violated Avshalom's full sister whose name was Tamar and David Amalek was very upset with that obviously and you might also remember, and listen carefully, that Avshalom was one of the famous sons of David who rebelled against David and who started his own counter Malchus, his own kingdom. This is what we're told. We're told in um, we're told in the Navi. First, let me tell you the Gemara Nazir Dalit, page four B. Rebbe Omer Av Shalom Nazir Olam Hayom. Av Shalom was a Nazir forever, and in fact, there's a di- different opinions. But we're told in 
the Gemara in Sota the Gemara in Sota tells us that Avshalom nitga'eh b'sa'aro Avshalom b'sa'aro marad Avshalom took great pride in his hair listen to the irony the Indian of the Nazir is what? what's the irony? the idea of the Nazir is what? is he supposed to what? repudiate right? the the arrogance and the engagement with the material self right? he's supposed to repudiate that but if you grow the hair long you know sometimes it can cut in both directions so therefore we are told in the book of Shmuel Shmuel Bey's Parakidalit Shalom Yisrael there was nobody as beautiful as Avshalom from the sole of his foot to, foot to the crown of his head there was no blemish. Uvigolcho es rosho. And he would shave his head at the year's end because somebody that is a Nazir for, somebody that is a Nazir for eternity has a dispensation to shave his hair when it gets too heavy. So we're told in the Navi that he, shaved, he weighed the hair of his head. It was 200 shekels according to the king's weight. Be'evin ha'melech. It was very, very heavy. And it's very interesting this Avshalom who became a person that ultimately was more arrogant because, that, because of letting his hair grow so arrogant that he ridiculed his father David HaMelech according to Chazal Avshalom came from a union of a Yafas Tawar with David which I don't want to explain that whole idea right now and Avshalom began to ridicule his father. And he said, my father should be the king, I'm the king. And we find something very interesting. I'm sure you're familiar with this. But if not, you can look at it, Shmuel Beis, chapter 18. We are told, Avshalom met the servants of David. Avshalom was running away because David Amelech was fighting against that insurrection. Imagine what it means to have to fight against your son. Some of you don't have to imagine. Do it weekly, daily. And Avshalom rode upon a mule. Avshalom rochev al aperet. Vayavo aperet tachat sovech ha'ila. And it went, the mule went under the thick bows of a great oak. Vayechezak rosho ba'ila. And his head caught hold of the oak. Vayitain vayutan beina shamayim veina aretz. And he was cast between heaven and earth and that hair got stuck in the great oak and the mule went the mule that was under walked on and we are given that picture of Avshalom hanging by his hair that hair by the way which can hold two elephants as per the 20 crazy facts that I got from the internet so here we have an amazing thing. The Nazir, right? The, 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 the Seyar, which represents dealing with desire, maybe representing overcoming desire, maybe representing engagement, right? And overcoming. But of course, as we know, like everything in life, when you get caught up in something, 
you can take that very agenda and you can you can take that very agenda the Nazir who wants to separate himself the Nazir can turn into a Mitzorah right the Nazir can become totally intoxicated by himself and we're told that Avshalom according to Chazal Avshalom takes on his father the hair becomes something that does him in and he dies by that hair in contrast is Yosef HaTzadik that Yosef HaTzadik the other one who is criticized by swirling his hair right? that Yosef HaTzadik who according to Chazal at that point and on when he goes to Mitzrayim refuses to drink any wine refuses to touch that hair because Yosef HaTzadik takes that element that could be the element of desire and he uses it to protect himself. The engagement with the material world or lack of engagement with the material world. Both of them can sometimes do us in. Sometimes the Nazir, as we know, sometimes the Nazir who separates himself from the material world can get haughty. Avshalom got very haughty. Avshalom got very haughty. Or it could be the ability to focus on one's life. What am I doing with life? Am I, am I going in the right way? Am I, am I getting caught up in the wrong things? So we have this fascinating contrast. This fascinating contrast. I want to leave you with this. There's a lot. I, I'm just like, you know, just giving you some of the, the key marimikoma, some of the key ideas. There's, 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 a, there's a lot when it comes to hair. Avshalom, the Nazir, Yosef, the Mitzorah, the Levim, the Sota, whose hair grows wild, right? The Sota, the Nazir learns from the Sota what not to do. A lot of a lot of interconnectedness. But let me leave you with this. This this idea. The Mitzorah, excuse me, the Avil, the Avil, the mourner, is not allowed to cut his hair. That's a, that's, that's a rabbinic idea, that he doesn't cut his hair. Why? Because he's in his own world. The Avil, the mourner, is in his own space. The mourner has to deal with his own challenges. So sometimes when a person is in his or her own space, being in your own space, can be a tremendously uplifting and important place to be. You know, the people that are working on their 12 steps and the people that are working on their own ruchnias, it's a tremendous place to be. But you know, sometimes when a person is so caught up in their own ruchnias, when they're so caught up in their own space, so sometimes that very makam of being in their own space can lead them to looking down upon the rest of the world. Oh, he's not a Nazir. Oh, he's not where I'm holding. Oh, he's a little bit less than. Avshalom is the one who teaches us that we have to be careful, even when we're engaged in the world of Ruchnias, we have to be careful not to allow that to become a place 
of spirituality, which is arrogant. On the one hand, we need to be focused on our own growth. On the other hand, if we're not able to see other people's challenges, then I'm taking that ruchnius in the wrong direction. I want to give everybody a bracha that we should spend time for ourselves focusing on what's wrong with our life and making the necessary corrections. And when we are in that space and in that place, we should have the ability to look at people that maybe aren't where we're at and not say, oh, you're not the Nazir. Oh, you're not where I'm holding. Because the spiritual danger of that approach can lead one to become that Avshalom, can lead one to come to that makom of spiritual arrogance, which God forbid can lead to a very, very terrible space. Every one of us, the right blend, the right balance, and the right ability, and we should be able to use our hair and our lives properly. Amen.